chapter praise. Well, welcome everybody. Please be seated. All right. Good morning, all. Well, good um, morning. Prayer for the nation uh, is coming up March fourth at eight a.m. And everybody knows what the, the the our nation really needs prayer. As you as you may have seen on Facebook lately, there's a few churches that are. Uh, are Universities where they're uh, Christian universities where they're having a revival and they're they are they are spending much time in prayer and, and that is definitely needed for our nation and I and I hope and I pray that that this will catch on fire and it will go across the entire nation Amen because we really need it <laughs> Praise the Lord All right Well Anyways uh, Youth camp deposits are then due on March 10th uh, So uh, Make sure you get those in so we can get them, so we have time to mail them off to camp. Uh, and then uh, March 12th, remember that the clocks are going to spring forward. I know, hopefully this will be the last year, but we'll see. <laughs> yep, 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 <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, and then uh, Contending Faith Bible Conference is coming up in Gatlinburg, Tennessee with Brother Randy Greer. If you need information on that, it's at rme or rgm.me. I get them. I, I get tongue-tied. Sorry. <laughs> All right. And then, of course, Easter's coming up. Happy Resurrection Day. That's April 9th. Uh, and as you read the little, uh, that that is the cure for the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. It, it, and it truly is, because you know the Bible says that those that are that are operating in sin are 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 are, are the living dead. So so the zombie apocalypse actually already happened back in the Garden of Eden. And there's been a few times, there's been a few times where it looked pretty dark. Like, you know, they were going to win and take over the whole world. But God's always made a way. Thank God. You know? All right. Anyhow, <laughs> yeah, there might there might be a sermon coming out of that. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Right. And then, uh, so, in, and then in May, we've just gotten word uh, confirmed this morning that uh, Reverend uh, Reverend Larry and Angela Keaton will be coming uh, from the 26th to, uh, through the 28th. So they'll have five services. Uh, the first one being Friday at seven, and then we're going to have Saturday at 10 and Saturday at seven, and then Sunday will be our normal service times at 10 and 6 p.m. Uh, but they're going to come. They're going to have good word for us, and and they're excited. Right, they'll be really excited in that case. Yeah, yeah. He was he was texting me this morning about it, so praise God. All right, and then uh, and then June 26th through the 30th, Generation Life Youth Camp's coming up, and of course uh, we're going to start having more uh, fellowships and events as well as as the, as the weather warms up. Um, all right, so well, praise God. Uh, our meditation for this week is uh, our in Him is Romans 5:17, and it says. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of, of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. All right, so our confession, I have received an abundance of grace. I have the free gift of righteousness. I reign in this life as a king or queen by my Lord and Savior, 
Jesus Christ. Amen. And I, and I did not mean by that comment that it, you could make a choice on that. You either are or you aren't. <laughs> All right. So Proverbs 16, 24 uh, is our healing scripture for this week. Uh, it says, pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Praise God. All right. So we should. So that's saying we should always be speaking good things. All right. So our confession I speak words of encouragement. I speak words of encouragement. It's sweet to the soul. It's sweet to the soul. And to my bones. And health to my bones. Praise God. All right. Well, Lord, we thank you for for being here with us. We thank you that you are you always have us right in the palm of your hands and that you always have a way forward for us. And that all we have to do is follow and look to you and we will know the place to go and the time to be there. We will always have the right words to say. We will always be led by you. Because you are our Lord and our Savior. And you will give us the way. You will give us the words. Lord, we come today before you to learn more about you. And to become more like you. And Lord, we ask that you, well, Lord, we just lay ourselves down. We lay ourselves down for you, Lord. We lay ourselves down to do your work. To do your will. To, to, have, to, to adopt your purpose and your plan for our lives. Because that is the way we'll, we will have the most abundant life. We will have the, the most blessed life. The most, the most of everything in life. So Lord, just help us and guide us and lead us. And Lord, we will do what you say. And we will be there for you. We thank you, Lord. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. We are king's kids. And we have the authority of Jesus' name, and we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. You will not take our lives. You will not take our word. We will use it. We will meditate on it. We will adopt it into our lives. And we will grow fruit, and we will bear that fruit, and it will come in contact and affect those that we come in contact with. Because they will see the Lord in us. So you cannot operate in us. We bind you in Jesus' name. You must flee. Lord, we just ask that you look out for us and that you watch over us and that you heal us from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. That you give us the peace that passes all understanding. And you help us and you give us the, the wisdom that passes all understanding so that we can see the true you and we can know the truth and that, that we will not be blinded or deceived. Just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Good morning, disciples. Let's do our confession together. I am the image of God. I am spirit and flesh. I am very good. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am crucified. I am a new creation and a new creature. I am dead to the flesh, but I live in Christ. I am dead to sin, quickened to life, saved by grace. I am buried with Christ by baptism. I am raised from the dead with him. I walk in the newness of life. I am forgiven and redeemed. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am the workmanship of God's hands. I am created and ordained to do good works. I am justified by faith. 
I am chosen, and I abide in Christ. I am holy and without blame. I am predestined for adoption. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer, and I am greater. I live, move, and have my being in Christ. I reign as king in this life. I can do all things in and through Christ. I am near to God by the blood of Jesus. I am raised and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Jesus, I am Well, how many know we've got a really good father? Yes, we do. He always looks out for us. He always makes a way. He he loves us because of who he is and because of who we are.
I need more of me in my monitor, please. Can't she hear? We need, we need more of her over here, too. Why don't you turn me up, Anne? I can't hear me. Okay. God is perfect. We don't have to be. God has changed us from the inside out. Because yes. greater is he that lives in me than he yes. that lives in the world. Amen. So let's sing to our Father God and remind him what he's done in each of us.
cry out to you. We lay down our ways. We want more of you, Lord. More of your gifts. More of your promises. Holy Spirit, help us be aware of what you've promised. Glory. Glory be your name. Oh, we love you, Lord. Glory be your name. My heart and my soul, I give you control. church. We're rolling back the clock. Chris Tomlin and I will follow. Get back in your memory banks. Remember this one. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you, Lord. Where you go, I'll go. 
turn around and greet a few people, tell them that you like them, and then you can be seated. I think I like you. I think you like me. Yeah. I think I like you too. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's good. It's good to hear every now and again that somebody likes you. Glory to God. I don't have a pen. Glory to God. I don't know where mine went either. I got plenty of markers. You have a pen nope. No pen. Well, I okay. guess you don't have to go without one. You got a pencil. That, that works. Yes. Glory to God. Well, I don't think the Holy Ghost is going to hijack the sermon yet. Well, it's still his sermon. It's still his sermon. It's still his, but I don't think we're going to change subjects today. Glory to God. He's not hijacking. He's just <laughs> leading and guiding. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Uh, I do believe that we're actually going to talk about the law of love today. Glory to God. I think that's what we're actually going to talk about. The, well, you know he loves us, love. right? Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, glory. Just listening to the Holy Ghost. Just waiting on the Holy Ghost. Glory, glory. Oh, you must glory. really love us. The, the fact that you gave your only begotten son for us. Glory, glory, that you, glory. That you made a plan for us, you, even Father. though we were steeped in our sin. Thank you, Lord. Even Thank though, you, Even though we were separated from you. Even though we, we turned away from you and we didn't follow you and we weren't we didn't love you. You made a way for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You loved Thank us you, so Father. much that you didn't want us to not have a way back. And you lit Thank the you, you lit the you lit the light unto our path. You you placed your son before us and you showed us the way. And we thank you for that, Lord. You are the most high. You are love. You are truth. You are our guiding light and our Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. What are we doing? We're waiting on the Holy Ghost. Just waiting on the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We are going to talk about the law of love today. I sound a little weird. I don't know what's going on. They're working on it. They're getting my mic line back up. You're in the closet? Apparently. They'll get us. I do want to talk about the law of love today, or the, the law of love, but I want to listen to the Holy Ghost, too. And uh, let's go to First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, chapter 4. First Thessalonians 4. <clears throat> and uh, glory to God. Glory to God. We'll give some people some hope. You know, we all know in this house that uh, Brother David, Miss Sandy's husband, went home to heaven this week. We're not handling that the funerals will be this week. But I just want to give a, a word of hope because that's Bridget's family and Mari's family and 
Brooke and, De- and Richard and Aiden, you know, they're all impacted by this, and we're impacted by this. So I just want to give, and the, the Spirit has been dealing with me about giving a word of encouragement, Amen. a word of encouragement. So I just want to give a quick word of encouragement. First Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 13. Here, through the Holy Spirit, Paul uh, speaks to the church at Thessalonia, um, and he um, gives a word about somebody, about a believer. When a believer goes, when a believer leaves their physical body, what are what is our response supposed to be? And so let's just start off in verse 13, and let's read on down um, to the end of the chapter. All right. Verse 13, but I would not have you be ignorant, brethren. In other words, God wants you. He wants all of us. He wants all of us to know a simple truth. God wants all of us to know this truth. But I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. And And in in this this case, case, that's those that have passed on. Yep, physical death. That That ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. So he doesn't want us to. He doesn't want us to be sorry for the person that's passed on. Right. Don't be sorrowful for him. All right. Because we have hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Glory to God. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Glory to God. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So when somebody passes, when Brother David passed from this life into eternity, he did not cease to exist. No. He did not cease to exist. He went home to heaven. He went, to, he went home to, honestly, our homeland, because we're citizens of heaven. Amen. So he's, he's not gone. He's just moved to a different location. He's still alive today. He's as happy and healthy as he's ever been. He's, he's, he's with the Lord. He's in the prime of his life. He's in, good, he's, he's in good condition, and he's aware of you spiritually. He's dancing in those fields He's of aware of your spiritual situation, and he's talking to the Lord Jesus for you. And he's saying, Lord, give him peace. Lord, give him comfort. Lord, strengthen him. Lord, point him in the right direction. And he's going to be with you. Right, he's going to be right there aggravating the Lord Jesus on your behalf until we get called home. Yep. Until and we and, get called home. And even home. though we're separated from him physically, he's not separated from us in the spirit. In the spirit. He can see us, and he will continue yes. to see us, yes. and, watch, and he'll, yep. will continue yep. to watch yep. your lives. Yep. He'll continue to be proud of you when you make those accomplishments. Yes. He'll, he'll, he'll yes. be sad for you when you... Yeah. As you are sad. When your for... spirit is sad, his spirit will be sad. He's very aware of the spirit realm. And so we've been talking about for some time. In fact, last week, the Holy, the Holy Ghost hijacked the service. I'm thinking on the Holy Ghost. And said, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't hijack the service. He just made sure I got in line with him is what Amen. happened. 
And we talked about uh, that we are spirits, and we need to be more spirit-minded than we are. And so it's a glorious victory for Brother David. And so our hearts are heavy because, yes, you're going to miss him in your day-to-day. I'm not saying you're not going to miss David in your day-to-day, because you will. But, man, oh, man, he's there in heaven. And I'll teach, I'll give you a little trick that I do that helps. Because uh, years ago, before, when, when this started, this process started when we were out of the church and we were very devastated. Uh, but we had nine deaths in four years. It was a very hard thing for us to go through. But in that, the Lord began to teach me some things. And so from time to time, when I miss my loved ones that have moved to heaven before me, I just tell the Lord, Lord, go give them a hug for me. Amen. Lord, go tell them I'm thinking about them. Lord, just go tell them that they're on my mind. And when I do that, I just there's a peace of God that comes. There's a peace of God that comes. So your connection to your loved one is not gone. And it doesn't matter. You know, I've, I've told the young kids who, whose parents have gone on before them, listen, Mama's not gone. Daddy's not gone. He's not, you know, he's not that dreaded. He's dead. I hate that word. I hate that word. In that context, because he's more alive than he's ever been. He's more alive than he's ever been. Now, when do you get to see? So he's not in your past. He's in your future. Exactly at what point is he in the future? He's in your future when Christ calls the church away. Amen. The moment that you get called out of the, when the church, those that believe in Christ, get called that's the mo- David will be with the David will be there, Gwen will be there, Chip will be there, those that have gone on before your 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 parents, you know, yes, your wife, uh, uh, my family, they're all going to be there. Lord Jesus, it's going to be an entourage of people that are going to be there going, "Hey, can we get our can we get our can we get our glorified bodies and they're going to get their glorified bodies and then we're going to go up." So it's it's not you're they're not gone. Nope. So I just wanted to encourage you this morning, the Holy Ghost really, I, should, I say, I, uh, really uh, what it is is the Father God wanted to encourage you this morning. It's not the end. It's a brand new beginning. It's a brand new beginning. What have you done? Lord, I don't know. Will you fix that? I'm yeah. untied. So. Where's road malfunction? So. <laughs> even God. though we're going to miss our loved ones, and, and, and we will, we're going to oh miss God. them. Entertainment. The, 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 what, what. What, what the Bible's trying to tell us here is that we're we're not going to be separated from them forever. Right. They've just gone on ahead to prepare Glory the way to, to help prepare the way for us. That's and, right. And as long as we we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, as long as we confess yes. Him as our Lord and Savior, as long as we 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 do the works that He's called us to do, we're going to be reunited. Yes. And it's only going to be the blink of an eye for those yes. that have passed on before us. Yes. It may be just some time for us. Because we've got to go on living our lives. We got we God still has work for us to do. Yes, He does. And 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 there's and <laughs> we you know God willing, we're gonna we're gonna be here till the end. Yes. I I I I feel in my heart that 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 most that many of us here yes will make it to the end. Yes, we'll see Jesus at His coming. We're believing for where we believe we see it. We 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 pick it up in our so spirits. So even though we're separated for now. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be forever. No, and, it's and, and, and the time will fly by like you would not even believe. Yeah. And if we're wrong, well, it's still not going to. It's still going to be just as quick because one thousand of our years is one day with God. 
So it doesn't matter how long it is between when we see, when the, the last time we see them here and the next time we see them there, it's only one day. We all arrive on the same day. Isn't that amazing? Different times of the day, but all one day. So we all get there the same day. So, glory to God. Just know that, that I like what Robbie says. When you're, when, you're, when you're sad and you're missing those that have gone on before you, just tell God, hey, give him a hug for me. Let them know I still love them, and I'm still thinking about them. And, yep. and even though I'm separated from them, I know that they, I know that they, that they're, they're in a better place, and that yep. they're, they're dancing with their father, and yes. they're, 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 Glory they're in that glorified body. They're, if they, they may not have been able to dance before they left, but now they can. That's right. Glory to God. Yeah. Praise God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Well, just a word of encouragement, and real quick, let's. I just want to pray for peace for you guys. Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I shared what was on my heart. Michael shared what his, was on his heart for this family. And, Father, we just ask that right now, Father, I don't even have to lay hands on them. Father, just right now, reach down with your loving hand of compassion and fill them with peace that surpasses all understanding. Fill them with comfort and joy and rejoicing. Father, put the knowledge in them that it's a victory day, that it's a victory day. And, Father God, I put my faith right there with Brianna. She said, here's what I'm praying for my family. She said, I'm praying that they get the peace like I had when I got to be in the Father's throne. Amen. And so, Father, we just put our faith with her, and we just thank you for that, that they have received that peace in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, hold them in your thank arms. Thank you, Lord. And yes. give them the biggest hug they'll ever get. Yes, thank name. you, Lord. Amen and amen. It's good when you get a hug from the Father. Amen. Amen. Well, let's turn to Second um, Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five. We're going to talk about the law of love. Law of love. I didn't know there was such a thing. Well, there is. We're going to talk about it. First uh, Corinthians five verse seventeen. I'm second. Second Corinthians 5.17. Well, that's where I was. Second Corinthians 5.17. Second Corinthians 5.17. I hear pages turning, so we'll give you just a minute. Yep, yep. Glory to God. To Amen. Go I said second, then I said first, <laughs> and then I said second. Oh, come on. We'll get there. Second. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Yes, ma'am. All right. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, we know this verse. We know this verse. We know that when we receive Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, that uh, he makes us a brand new creature. He creates us brand new. That old sinful, that old sinful uh, self on the inside has changed. The spirit is made alive unto God. Now, you still have your soul to deal with, which and is your, your thoughts, flesh. your feelings, and your emotions. And then you have your old greedy flesh that just wants to run off and do anything that feels good in the moment, even if it might kill you. Uh, you know, but your soul, your, but your spirit on the inside is born again, and it's made brand new. It's a brand new creature. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to get the, the work of a Christian is to get that brand new creature on the inside to show on the outside. Amen. And most Christians, I'm sorry to say, a greater majority of the Christians have not mastered that skill yet. 
In fact, there's a lot of Christians, you'll look at them and think, well, dear Lord Jesus, do you even know who he is? I mean, they're just mean and hateful and hypocritical and baptized in prune juice and everything else. And you're like, come on, what's going on? But when you see them like that, realize that they're in the same boat you're in. You may be further along down the line towards becoming that becoming that new creature, but they're in the same boat you're in. Yep. You know, um, and and they're they're having to work on it yep. just like you are. So have mercy on them, have yep. grace on them, love them anyways. Yep. And part of why they're in that boat is because they either have failed to be taught, or they failed to put their flesh under, and they failed to receive. Large chunk of it is a failure to be taught. Yes. And a large chunk of it is failure to receive. Uh, so we want to make sure, so you want to set your heart, Father, help me to hear and help me to be taught well and help me to receive so that I can be the new creature that God created me to be. So let's look at some things about what this new creature looks like. Well, this new creature is going to take on the identity and the personality of God. The identity and the personality of God. So let's go to First John. First John. First John. Not Big no, John, but First John. Good thing you said that. I was going the wrong one. The epistle of First John, not the gospel of John. First oh, yes. John, chapter 4, <coughs> and verse 8. First John 4, 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. So these people that are supposedly in line, that are Christians, but they're not walking in love, they don't know who their God is. We just sing a song about where religion finally dies. And so many people say, well, you know, oh, so you're a Christian, so you're a Christian, so that means you're a religious person. No, I'm not a religious person. I'm not a religious person. Uh, I, I'm, I'm all about relationship with the Father. In fact, some years ago, many years ago, I, ha I, I had the honor and the privilege of uh, ministering at my uncle's funeral. Actually, I, I administered the whole funeral, and, um, and I had a whole, <laughs> it was an honor and a privilege, and at the same time, it was full, I was full of fear and trembling because I had a lot of non-believing relatives in the congregation, and I had a lot of stink eye going on while I was preaching. <laughs> I just did. I just did. Just yeah, I didn't feel a whole lot of love in the situation. And one of the people in the congregation was my aunt. And uh, you know, she was listening intently, but every once in a while you could tell, well, I just said something that just rubbed her wrong, and I knew it cuz I knew what she thought and believed, but I just kept on going. Well, she had ridden to the funeral with my uncle, but somehow when it came time to leave, car people got rearranged in cars. And she got, she got, ended up riding home with myself and Michael and Mom. Well, y'all know that I love to trap you in the vehicle. So, but in this particular incident, I felt trapped by the devil. I thought, oh, Lord Jesus, help me. And so we were just, I was just being sweet. I was being kind. I was trying real hard not to get my Holy Ghost relationship a-flowing. I was trying to keep things in, in check. I was trying real hard, and, and my aunt began to talk about things. And she said, well, 
Robbie, I don't mean to cause you any offense. I know that you're a religious woman. I said, no, Aunt Jan, I'm not a religious woman. I said, I'm a Christian. I have a relationship with God. Well, that's semantics, she said, or something along those lines. Okay. So we continued on the road, and, and she began to tell me about different scenarios that she had been in where she had come face-to-face -face with very hypocritical Christians and tell me about her drama with these hypocritical Christians. And, uh, and I just told her, I said, well, no, that's not how a Christian's supposed to behave. I'm sorry you had that, that outcome. I'm sorry that situation happened. Well, that person was being controlled by a religious spirit. That's not the way Christians are to behave. And I had to go through all of this stuff and that. And finally come around, because we were in the car for like an hour and a half, so finally comes sputtering down towards the, towards the middle of the road somewhere, and she finally said, well, I know you want me to be a Christian, but I'm just not a religious person. And she was sitting where I could see her in my rearview mirror. So I looked at her. So in the mirror, I was watching her face, and I said, Aunt Jan, I said, let me tell you something. She said, what's that? I said, yes, I'm ordained by man in, in what... You, the world calls the Christian religion. I said, yes, that's true. I said, and yes, I've been ordained by the hand of God into what the world calls the Christian religion. That's true, too. I said, however, I said, and this is, I said, I, I, I'm being 100% truthful. I said, but here's the deal. I said, the last thing I would ever want for you would be for you to become a religious woman. And she said, her jaw dropped. She said, what? I said, the last thing I would ever want for you would be, to be is for you to become a religious woman. She said, what do you mean? I said, if you were to become a religious woman, that would put you, that would bind you into laws and legalities, and that would put you into bondage, and you're already in bondage. I don't want you in bondage. I want you out of bondage. I want you set free. I said, I don't want you in a religion. I want you in a relationship with my Lord Jesus Christ, the one and only one that can save you and send you to heaven. And she said, huh. And it got to be crickets for a little while in the car. And then she started to talk. <laughs> and, then, and then she began to tell us about stories where she tried to raise her daughter with, with Christian values, even though she didn't believe in Christ, because that's what she knew was the right thing to do. So that was, that was funny. And so, so we, so uh, one time, uh, she got to try to. <laughs> she, uh, my cousin thought that that mom had said that we were human beings, B E A N S, and uh, so she wanted to kind of. She was like, "Why can't we plant? You know, if we're a bean, why aren't we supposed to be planted in the garden?" And they had a whole big to do with that. And she had to figure. So my aunt had to explain that no, it was a B E I N G. And so I get it. So I think of them every time I have to explain that. So, but just a fun side right. note. So, so it's not about religion. It's about relationship. Yeah. You know, um, we've been adopted into the family. Yes. You know, as 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 many of you may know or have seen, when you're little, you follow your father around, and you want to be just like him. You want to do whatever he's doing, whatever he's wanting to be, that's what you want to be. For me, what I saw as, as, as a little child is I, my dad was a smoker. I wanted, to, I wanted to be just like dad. So whatever dad was doing, I wanted to do it too. 
He would go swimming. He loved to swim. I loved to swim. He loved to sing. I loved to sing. He loved to smoke. So one day, when I was like four years old, he threw down his cigarette that he was done with, and I picked it up and tried to smoke it. Of course, all that's left there is a filter. I didn't know. I'm four, right? Tried to smoke it. I choked so hard and so long that I never tried that one again. I decided if he was going to be that, that's okay, but I wasn't going to be. I was not, <laughs> not going to be a smoker. But see, when we're adopted into the family of Christ, we're, we're to become more like him. We're, we're, to, we're, to, we're to become more like our father. And, and, he, and God is love. Yeah. So we're supposed to pick that up. Yeah. And, and sometimes, for, sometimes that means we have to lay ourselves down. Because if we put ourselves first, we're not operating in love. You know, to, to lay ourselves down, that means for me, I have to put my phone down. I have to put my book down. I have to turn the TV off. And I have to pay attention to other people. Sometimes that's hard for me. But you know what? I've got to do it. Because I've got to show that love. And the more I operate in that love, the more I become like my father. Right. And that's, that's, what, that's, that's what we're called to do. Glory that's to why we're called Christians. Not because we're following some religion, mm -hmm. but because we're trying to be like him. We're, we're trying to be like our father. Yeah. And that's why we're called Christians. We right. are like our father. We're in Christ. Glory to God. But notice in verse 8 it says, He that loveth not knoweth not God. So anybody that is lacking in their love walk, they, their, their issue is that they truly do not know God. That's what the problem is. That's what the problem is. They don't have a true understanding of God. Now, can you be, can you receive Christ, become a born-again believer, have a lacking knowledge of God, and therefore lack in your love walk? Absolutely. Absolutely. So some people that are lacking in their love walk, it's not that they don't believe in Jesus. It's that they've not spent enough time in the Word. They've not spent enough time in the church. They've not spent enough time developing their love walk. And Jesus talked all about the love walk. Everything that he taught had to do with the love walk. But I want you to go up a verse or a couple little verses here and look at verse 4. The, line start, the verse starts with, you are of God. Underline it, circle it, box it, square it, something. You are of God. So if God is love and you are of God, then we could say it this way. You are also love. You are also love. The problem is, is we got to get our love from down on the inside, from our spirit, up to the outside where people can see it. Well, part of, how do we do that? Well, part of it is understanding the role of love, what love is, and how, how love is in us and operates in us and through us. So let's go to John 13. This time we're going to Big John. John 13. And let's see some things about love that will help us understand this spirit that's in us. John 13, Big John, St. John. I'll get there eventually. <laughs> a lot of John pages. 13. All right, John 13. Verse 34 and 35. Okay. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. Now, this is Jesus speaking, and he is speaking to um, his disciples um, and his followers 
so a, a disciple is simply a student of Christ, and he's speaking to the disciples. So we're students, so we could say he's speaking to us. And he said, a new commandment I give unto you. Now, specifically, he was talking to Jews, but he was talking to Jews that were following him. So he said, a new commandment I give. What's a commandment? It's, it's, an a, order. it's, it's your marching orders. It's your marching orders. Well, guess what? When you come into the body of Christ, then that means that you've signed up to be in the army of God. Amen. This is the commander-in-chief, and he's giving a new commandment. He said that you love one another. How? As, as I have loved you. As he has loved us. What did you? To what extent did Jesus love us? Well, at this... At, he gave everything. Right. He gave his all. But remember, he hadn't yet. Right. But he was getting he ready to. He was going to. to. But he hadn't yet. And they didn't understand that. When he was speaking to them, they didn't understand that, that he was going to give his all. So does, they didn't know. So does this mean that I have to let anybody, if somebody can walk up to me and say, hey, man, I like your ride. I want your ride. Uh, you, you're supposed to love me. Give me your car. Uh, no. No. <laughs> love does not make you a doormat. In fact, love makes you kind of tough. And bold. And bold. Remember the, the rich young ruler that came to Jesus? And he, now, because Jesus said, love one another like you have loved me, like I have loved you. Remember the young ruler came to him and said, Jesus, I've followed all the law. I've gone to all the Hebrew schools. I've done my alms. I've done, like, I've done everything. There's not a single law that I've broken. Tell me what I have to do to follow you. And Jesus said... Sell what you have and follow me. He didn't say sell what you have and give it all away. He didn't say that. He said sell what you have and follow me. I believe he actually said say, uh, sell what you have, give to the poor, and follow me. In other words, Jesus was speaking to the man saying, there's the one, there's one issue in your life, and your issue is in your finances. Right, because, he, because words, as a rich young ruler, he probably loved his finances more than he did anybody else. That or was it. Else. That was it. It was, it was all about his possessions. It was all about his society. Now, here's the deal. Is Jesus against us having possessions? No. no. Jesus wants us to have possessions. Jesus wants us to have the best of the land. Come on. The streets of heaven are paved with pure gold. And, and his word says, if we will follow him, he will give everything unto us. That's right. You know, if we seek him first, he'll add all things unto us. What Jesus, I'm talking about the tough, basically what Jesus did was he gave the young rich ruler tough love. He said, there's one thing that stands between me and you, and it's your worldly possessions. Your possessions mean more to you than I do. And the, young, and, the, and, the, and the young ruler, the young rich ruler, said, Jesus, you ask too much. He said, that's, that's, that's the one thing I cannot willingly do. In other words, there's this one thing in my life that I don't want to give up and, 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 and so that I can follow you. We all have the same issues. Some people don't want to give up their unforgiveness. Because Jesus said, forgive or your father can't forgive you. 
Yeah, everyone everyone has different things in their life that stand between them and God. But how much yeah. you know, Jesus forgave you everything, so should you not also forgive? Some people have, will not let go of, uh, and this is another form of unforgiveness, but they won't let go of grudges. Or they won't let go of hurts. You know, it's not necessarily that, that I'm unforgiving towards the person, but that pain and that hurt, I'm never going to release it, and I'm never going to let it go. I'm going to hold on to I'm it. I'm going to hold on to it. That stands between you and the Father. It's going to keep me warm at night. You know. Uh, <laughs> you know. And a lot of times, we, the things that we hold on to, we think we're holding on to it to protect ourselves. When really what it does is it damages ourselves. Absolutely. But Jesus, so, so I said this, to, I'm saying this to say there's a lot of things that people do that they make excuses for, and it causes them to have a lack of love, a lack of love. I have to be hard and stiff. People are hard and stiff and rough and cruel because they're afraid that somebody's going to be mean to them. So if I hurt them first and they can't hurt me, guess what? That's what's standing between you and the God, between you and God. But he said this. He said, I want to get back over here. He said, um, he said, here's the commandment, that you love one another. And he's talking to disciples. He's talking to fellow Christians. That you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Now, Jesus also, how much you know, Jesus also loved the sinners, and he loved the Pharisees. But how much you know, he didn't hesitate to tell the Pharisees that they were of, her, of their father, the devil. Right. He didn't hesitate. What? You mean he, he didn't just accept them for every, no. every little belief they had? He, didn't, he, did not, he did not hesitate to say, you're vipers. He didn't even hesitate to tell his own believers, you're hypocrites. You say one thing and do another. He told people, he said, look, he said, your mouth is near me, but your heart is far from me. In other words, he looked them in the eye and said, you ain't doing nothing but giving me lip service. Telling me you love me and all the time, you're lying in your heart. See, love tells the truth. Amen. Love is not a lay down, meeky it's not what the world out there has made it out to be. Love is not accept anything and everything that comes along. Nope. That's not our Jesus. That is not our Jesus. Go to the next verse. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. So how is somebody going to know that you're a follower of Christ? By the way, you love them. Are they going to know that you're a Christian by, the, by your hypocrisy? No. Are they going to know that you love Jesus because you're hateful? No. Are they going to know that you love Jesus because you're just full of pride and arrogance and religious? No. They're going to know that you love Jesus because of your love walk. Your love walk. Now, let's go look at a few more verses. I'm, I'm, we're we're going to go look at a few more verses. Let's go to um, John chapter 15. We're right here in 13. Let's just turn over to chapter 15. Well, it's not far. Let's turn to 15, verse 12, and verse 13. All right. This is my commandment, that ye love one no, another. No, no, verse 15. We just you read said that 12 and 13. 12 and 13. 
chapter okay. 15, 12 and 13. I did. You're right. It is almost the same. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> I had a brain fart. Sorry. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. There you go. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. See, he was he was letting his disciples know right here that that's what he was fixing to do. Right. And we have so how do so this is not this is not so much about well if I love you I'll lay my life down for you individually just because I love now I would do this if if somebody was going to hurt Brianna I'd put myself between her, between them and her obviously but that's not what he was talking about here what he's talking about is if you if you truly love me you'll lay your life down for me that's what he's talking about. So Michael and I, and we're not tuning our own horn, it's just a life example that we can give you. Um, we love the Lord, and we want to follow the Lord, and we want to do what the Lord tells us to do. So years ago, he got a job with the Forest Service, and he was in there for a while, and then um, it come, come to figure out, we figured out that in order to get promotions in the Forest Service, you have to be willing to move. Not just the next county over, city over, but you've got to move like states away. And uh, it can't. And, and uh, so we we were faced with this: Do we move and follow the job and the career and the finances, or do we stay where God's told us to stay because God placed us in a church? Amen. And it was like, what do we do? And I and it came down to well, we we love the Lord, and the Lord said if we loved Him, we'd lay our life down for Him. So, Lord, we're laying our life down for you. Was it easy in the moment? No. Was it the right thing to do? Yes. Was it, was it probably one of the hardest things we've ever done? Yes. Did it cause some stress and some problems in our marriage for a period of time? Yes. Because we felt the financial pressure. But in due season, God turned it around for us. See, we gave our life. We showed faithfulness to him. We showed him how much we loved him. And in turn, look what he's done for us. Thank God. See, honestly, when Jesus died for us, he, he, he paid for us. He bought us out of slavery. Yes. Slavery to sin. So technically, when he bought us, we became his slaves. But in the next couple of verses here, verse 14, it says, Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I, I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord does. But I have called you friends for all things that have for all things that I have heard of my father I have made known unto you. Right. So he he technically he could have made us all slaves. Should have right. bought us. But he didn't. He basically set us free. He bought us out of slavery. He, he paid the, the ultimate price for us so that we wouldn't have to be slaves to sin. And then he says he says He's telling us that no greater love has man than, than he lay down his life for his friends. He laid his life down for us. Now, he, now he's requesting that we do the same thing. Well, he, he's saying that, that, if, that, that if we do what he tells us to do, which is to love each other, then we'll be his friends. Right, right. And, and, and here's the deal. It's a choice. It's a choice. God puts his love in us. But it's our choice to walk out that love. Amen. It's our choice to walk out that love. Some people have been taught, and some people have the revelation, 
but they just flat refuse. They just flat refuse. I know of a I know of a situation where um, this particular family, their kid got in trouble in the courts when he was younger, um, and the judge did everything he could according to the law, because he had to stay within the law. Did everything he could within the bounds of the law to make it as easy on the kid as humanly possible. But the judge didn't do what the parents wanted them to do. And so they carried an anger towards that judge for decades to the point that they refused to even be on the same property with that judge decades later. They, they've been taught how to walk in love. They had a revelation of walking in love, but they refused to walk in love. And because of it, it opened the door to problems in their life. So, so this idea that, that love is in us and that we are of love um, doesn't take away our free will. We have a choice. Go to 1 John chapter 3. Go back to 1 John. Let's look at chapter 3. 1 John 3. 1 John 3. 1 John 3, verse 14. All right. We know that we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Now he's talking about loving Christians. It's harder to get to the place of loving. Listen, before you learn to love the world, you've got to learn to love the believer. Do you hear me? Before you can learn to love the world, like Jesus loved the world, you've got to learn to love the believer first. Because, and why? Because the believer, we're going to be in heaven with the believer. We're one and the same. We're part of the same body. If you can't love your brethren, there's no way you're going to love the person that's without God. So he said, he said so he's, here he's talking about the brethren. He said, we know that we have passed from spiritual death to spiritual life if we have love for the brethren. Uh, it says, he that loveth not his brethren abideth in death. And honestly, loving the brethren ought to be the easiest thing for us. It's, it's kind of the same thing as saying we have to love ourselves before we can love others. It, it, because they're all, they're all brothers and sisters in Christ, and they're all part of the same body, we're technically loving ourselves. Right? I just got giggled. <laughs> I just heard in the spirit, well, I thought I was dead and headed for heaven, but I guess I'm headed to hell because that brother over there, I can't stand them. It's what I just heard in the spirit. This is what I heard. Listen, it's not loving them from your head. It's not loving them. It's not loving them from your emotions. Check down on the inside. Check down on the inside, down in your spirit, and you'll find that when you go, I just hate them, you'll find there's a knock or a scratch or something on the inside that'll say, but do you really? Dad Hagen told it this way. He was preaching on this one time. He was preaching on this one time, and uh, then he got done preaching, and he said, <laughs> he said, he, he said, if you, listen, if you've got, he said, if you've got hate on the inside for a brother or sister in Christ, you don't know you don't have God. You don't have, you're not heaven bound, you know, and he was teaching on this, and uh, then he went to lunch with the pastor and his, the pastor's wife, because he was in, a, in their church. And so he got to teaching on it. So they went to lunch, and they were having a nice lunch. And all of a sudden, the pastor's wife set her silverware down. 
and got real serious and looked at him. Real serious, very concerned. And she said, Brother Hagin, she said, I have a bone to pick with you. <laughs> he said, you do? She said, yes, sir. He said, well, what's going on? He said, well. Or she. Or she said, well, you, pr pr uh, you pointed out that scripture that says if I have if I don't have love for my brother, that love, then, then uh, I don't have the life of God in me. He said, yes, ma'am, that's what the scripture, he said, yes, ma'am, that's what the scripture says. She said, well, I've got a problem with you. He said, no, you've got a problem with God. <laughs> and she said, well, I've got a problem then. He said, What's the, he said, well, why don't you tell me what your problem is? And she said, listen, she said, my mother-in-law believes in Jesus, but I hate that woman. And I mean, I hate my mother-in-law. I hate her. I hate her. I hate her. And he said, huh. He said, you do, huh? She said, yes. He said, well, I want you to do something. She said, what's that? He said, I want you to tell me one more time that you hate her. He said, but this time when you say it, check down on the inside. Pay attention to what's going on on the inside. And then you tell me what, after you get done saying it, tell me what happens on the inside. She looked at him as stern as could be and said, I hate my mother-in-law. He said, what happened down on the inside? She said, there's a scratch. He said, what do you think that means? She said, that's my spirit telling me I don't hate my mother-in-law. I do love her. I do love her. I do. Down on the inside, I love her. What happened? She listened to the spirit. She listened to the spirit. She got to, she got to, she stopped listening to her head and stopped listening to her emotions. Her and, hurts. And, and her hurts and all the things that mother-in-law did that rubbed her the wrong way. So the next time he come through town, her and the mother-in-law were best friends. He said, well, how did that happen? She said, I went to her and I told her, well, I thought that I hated you, but Brother Hagin convinced me that I love you, and I just want to tell you I forgive you, and I'm so sorry, and ask that you forgive me for being so ugly to you because I thought I hated you. But I really do love you. And she said, we've been fine ever since. Been fine ever since. See, this love that's in us for the brethren is down on the inside. And so when dealing with the youth for years and years and years, every time they get mad at each other, I hate them, I don't ever want anything to... I'd get them calm, I'd get them still, I'd get them, I'd get them to you know, settle down, and then I'd say, now, now I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. Do you really hate them? No, I don't hate them. No, it is. When I got you, when I got you to listen to your spirit, they're, they're being truthful but wrong, too. They'd go, no, I don't. I said, now you didn't listen to your spirit. Check down on the inside. Okay. I mean, I do love them, but right now I hate them. No, you love them. If you have love for the brethren, then God is in you. See, Jesus commanded us to love each other as he loved us, right? He, now, it's easy to love people that are lovable, right? Yes. It's not so easy to love people that aren't nice to you. Right. But remember, Jesus loved us when we weren't lovable. Right. Jesus loved us. 
Jesus went to the cross and died for us, laid his life down for us when we were in terrible places. Yes. All right, let's go to Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel, chapter 36. That's Old Testament. Ezekiel 36, that's after Isaiah, after Jeremiah. Glory to God. Ezekiel 36. Glory to God. And we're going to go to verse 25. We're going to read from 25 to 29. Ezekiel 36, 25 to 29. All righty. All right. Ready? Yep, I'm ready. Let's go. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will cleanse you. Now, Ezekiel is a prophet to Israel. And Ezekiel is prophet. Some of what Ezekiel says is for, the, is for Israel that day, and some of it is for down the road in the future. And what he's talking about here, he's, he's, ta he's telling them, you've gotten into idol worship, you've gotten into all these problems. But in the day, talking about the time of Jesus, he's going to do something. He's going to do something. And let's find out what he's going to do. He says, I will cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land that I give your fathers, or gave to your fathers. And ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. Glory to God. Keep going. I will also save you from all your uncleanness. And I will call upon, or I will call for the corn, and will increase it, and lay no famine upon you. Now that verse, that, um, verse 28 and 29, has a little bit to do with Israel right then and there that day, and has, but it primarily replies to this day he said i um, he said you shall dwell in the land that i shall give unto your fathers that is for the israelites he said and i will he said and i will be your god that's to them and to us he said i will also save you uh from your uncleanness that's for us today and i will call for the corn and will increase it and lay no famine upon you that can be israel and today okay so, but I want you to look primarily at verse 26 and 27. He said, a new heart also I will give unto you. Part of, being come, part of that new creature that you became is you received a new heart. You had an instantaneous heart transplant when you came into Christ. And your heart went from, he said, I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit will I put in you. In other words, that's that born again, alive unto God spirit is brand new on the inside of you. He puts that in you at the new birth. He takes away the stony, hard heart of the flesh. Now, he's not talking about the organ on the inside that we medically refer to as the heart. He's talking about your hardened heart of the soul. That heart that says, uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times and look out, here I come. 
type of heart, that heart that says, don't mess with me, I'm hard, I'm angry, I'm this, I'm, don't, I'm not receiving people, I hate people. That's that stony heart. That's that heart that's received so many hearts and has now just concreted itself and says nothing gets to go in there. God takes that stony heart out and gives you a spiritual heart of flesh that can now love and have compassion. Amen. That's what he does. That's what you get at the new birth. What that heart, what that fleshy heart looks like is the heart of God. And then he said, and I will put my spirit within you. So God's spirit is in us. That's why we say Jesus lives. You'll come invite Jesus upon the inside. It's really the Holy Spirit. It's really God's spirit on the inside. Come get the spirit. God lives on the inside. And look at what he says. He says, and I will cause you to walk in my statutes. Now, how does he cause us to walk in his statutes? And you shall keep my judgments and do them. How does he do that? Because in that new creature is the knowledge of right and wrong. In that new creature is the knowledge of the, stat of the statutes. And if you'll be led by the spirit, if you'll let the inside lead you, if you'll let your spirit man lead you, you'll automatically do what God says do. So does it mean that? So does that mean that I don't that I don't even need my Bible? No, you still need the Bible because you need the head knowledge of what the Bible says. But your heart, because when you get your head in agreement, when you get that head knowledge and it agrees with what's on the spirit, you go, hey, it makes life a whole lot easier. Where if you go, well, I don't know what God wants. I don't know. I don't know. There's something on the inside that's bugging me. <laughs> Listen, what's bugging you is the Holy Ghost, and He's telling you to stop your nonsense. Right. It's not a something, it's a someone. He's saying, stop the nonsense. Now go to Jeremiah chapter 31. Just back up a book. Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah 31. Oh, yeah, Lamentations is in the middle. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah 31, verse 30. Yeah, let's start in verse 31. Okay. Let's read. So Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. What is and it? that is definitely talking about later on, not right. right at the time. Right. What is a covenant? A covenant is a legal contract. That is for the purpose of drawing two parties close together, closely linked and stitched together, that is sealed in blood. That's what a covenant is. It's a legal binding contract for the purpose of bringing two parties close together, knitted together, and sealed in blood. So God is fixing to make a new covenant. How, whose blood is he going to seal it with? The blood of Christ. The blood of Christ. And this new covenant is going to stitch us close together. In other words, God's heart and our heart's going to come together. That's what this covenant is. Let's keep reading. Verse 32. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they broke, although I was a, a, a husband unto them, saith the Lord, he said, listen, he said, your fathers and you have broken the covenant, but I have stayed true. 
have stayed true. God looks at our relationship with him like we should like we look at a relationship between a husband and a wife. We should do the same thing. We should do the same thing. Verse 33. But this shall be the covenant. 33 32. 33. Okay, 33. My bad. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts. Where is he going to put his law? He's in gonna, the heart. And I will write it in their hearts, and will be their God, and they shall be my people. When Moses, when Moses went up on the mountain and God wrote the law, how did he, what did he write it with? He wrote with his finger the law on stone tablets. But in the New Covenant... He's taking his finger and he's writing his law on your spiritual heart. So it went from stone to flesh. From stone to flesh, the covenant is being written. The contract, the rules, the regulations. All right, verse 34. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. When you come into Christ, God immediately forgives all of your past sins. And he remembers them no more. That's part of our covenant contract with God. Because of Christ, when I come into Christ, my sins, my failures to follow God are all washed away, and God will never bring them up. How much you know that's love? You know why most marriages fail? Most marriages fail because the two parties are constantly bringing up the other party's failures. You did this. You did that. You over here. You Listen. Love forgives and lets it go. Forgives and lets it go. He forgets it. Well, you just can't get that knowledge out of your head. With God, you can. With God, you can get the knowledge out of your head. Yes, I'm. Yes, if I stop and I think about my sins of the past, can I remember them and bring them up? If I try hard enough, I can, but why would I want to? Why would I want to? They've been forgiven. They're washed. They're under the blood. Why would I want to bring them up? Well, your Father God doesn't want to bring them up either. He just, he just, he says, oh, nope, gone, forgotten. He's not stupid. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows the past. He just chooses not to look at it. Because he can go back and see it. But he just goes, what are you talking about? It's a choice. See, love is a choice. And God chose to, li to love us. So he just, he just says, no, I'm not. He says, I'm, I'm washing that off the record. I'm putting that away. When we love our brothers and sisters in Christ, we've got to wash it away. Now, if you've sinned against me, rather you're in the church or outside of the church, if you come in my house and you steal from me, I'm probably not, I, I'm going to forgive you, but I'm probably not going to let you back in my house. At least not without super severe supervision type thing. Right. So, so walking in love does not make us stupid. Go to Hebrews 8. Hebrews 8. Now, this is the commandment of Jesus. And Jesus said, you want, you want to be my friend? Follow my commandments. 
You want me to know that you love me? Follow my commandments. These are the commandments. So Hebrews chapter 8. You see something amazing here. Verse 8 and 9. Hebrews 8, 8 and 9. Verse 8. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Sound familiar? Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Sounds very familiar. Sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Let's keep going. Because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Where is he putting his law? Now, wait a minute. He says, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. hearts. You know that you've passed from death into life when God's laws are in you. When you go to do something wrong, we call it a conscious, we call it a gut, we call it a feeling. Well, I wanted to just, but, but, but something restrained me. Yeah, it was the love of God. It wasn't a something, it was a someone. It was the love of God. Well, what keeps you from robbing the bank? Is it the fear of going to jail? Probably. That might have a little something to do with it, but no. What keeps you from robbing the bank is the fact that, man, I love God. I can't do that. Why? Because thou shalt not steal is written in the heart and in your mind. I can't do that. Somebody that robs the bank has had to push that out. Somebody without God. They've had to, they've had to push that out. They've had to push God out of them to do those things. But look at that. Isn't that amazing that what God said in Jeremiah and Ezekiel, here Paul writes by the unction of the Holy Ghost, he, he quoted it word for word. He said it's written on your, heart, on your minds and your hearts. God, God is, the law is in us. Let's go to um, Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Verse 5. Romans 5, 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. See, God takes, when we become a brand new creature in Christ, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. In other words, God's law, God's love is written. The Holy Ghost goes in and he stamps our heart with the law of God with the rule of God, the love and the compassion of God. It's in there, and it's shed all through our hearts. So when we get still and we get quiet and we check the Spirit, what we, we don't find hatred in our heart. We don't find resentment in our heart. We don't find unforgiveness in our spirit. We really don't. What we find is forgiveness. What we find is compassion. What we find is love. Why? Because the Holy Ghost put it there. And he put it there because that's part of who you are. You are love. You are love. 
but you've got to learn how to get that love to come up and to come out. And that takes effort on our part. That takes effort on our part. Go to Romans 13, right here in Romans 5. Go to Romans 13. Uh, and let's start in verse 8. Start in verse 8. All right. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. He said, don't owe a man anything. You know, how much do you know if you help somebody out, they'll say, oh, oh brother, I owe you something. No, I don't, you don't owe me anything. I helped you because of the love of God. I helped you. And so what God is saying here is he said, he said, don't be a taker, be a giver. He said, don't, don't, you know, don't put yourself in a position where you're slave to someone else. Have, owing a debt puts you into slavery. He said, don't put yourself in slavery to other people. Instead, love them. Love them. Love them. You know, a lot of times... Holy Ghost, help me to get this across. I just heard it so clearly. A lot of times what we think is loving somebody is putting ourselves into slavery to somebody. Let me say that again. A lot of times what we think is loving somebody or showing somebody love is actually putting ourselves in slave, into slavery for them, to, to them. Because a lot of times... We desire their love or their approval so much that we will do things to get that love or approval. And then in order to get that love or to keep that love, maintain it, we have to continually give what that person wants, what that person desires. The example that keeps coming to mind is you've got somebody that um, is always coming to you for money. You know, oh, brother, and, and they'll give you the love, so, they'll give you the sobby love story, story to start with. You know, oh, I just love you, and I appreciate you, and you've helped me so much, and I really just, you know, I, I know that, you know, you've got your own stuff going on, but I could really use some help in this moment. I, hey, do you have $20 for me? See, they've buttered you up real good with love. And then, and, and, then you, and then they want you to give the $20. Well, you know if you don't give them the $20, then all of a sudden here comes the hate and the spit and the spew. So in order to keep the love flowing, you hand over the $20. Well, guess what? Next time they come, they're coming for 40 See, in order to obtain that love, you've put yourself into slavery. No, don't do that. You don't do that. Don't do that. No, instead, just love them by telling them the truth. I do love you, but I'm sorry, I'm not able to, to, to give you that money at this time. I, what I can do is I can pray that the Lord will send you what you need. What I can do is I can, I can you know, let me give a prayer for you. I can pray for help. Hey, what I do know is there's this resource over here that you can make yourself available to. Well, but Pastor, when I do that, me and all the hate, and the, they tell me I'm hating on them. No, you're not hating on them. What you're doing is you're helping them to not be controlling and manipulating, and you're keeping yourself out of being in the bondage of owing somebody something. So he says, owe no man in anything but to love one another. 
For he that loveth one another has fulfilled the law. If you'll love them, you'll automatically fulfill the law. There's not In the Ten Commandments, I don't remember one of the commandments being, Thou shalt give everything you have to everybody else and you be poor. I don't think that's a commandment. But that's how some people will operate your love walk if you're not careful. Let's keep going. Verse 11. Verse 11, okay. <clears throat> and knowing the time that now it is nigh time to... It is high time. Or high time, sorry. High time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is, for, is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in uh, chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put no, we skipped verse 9. Yeah, I was wondering. We skipped verse 9. I'm going, wait a minute, we messed up. Go to verse 9. Okay. Verse 13. Let's, let's try this again. Verse 13, 8, and 9. Let's read those together real quick. All right. 8 and 9? Yeah. Okay. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You, If you will simply walk in love, you will automatically fulfill the Ten Commandments. Yep, because who's going to steal from themselves? Who's going to kill themselves? Who's going to commit adultery against themselves? Who's going to covet what they already have? I mean, these if, are, if if you're walking in love, you're gonna want you're gonna yeah. want the best for that person. You're not right. gonna take from them. Yeah, I mean, if you're loving your neighbor appropriately, not inappropriately, right? Loving your neighbor appropriately, not lusting after them, but loving them in the love of Christ, you're not gonna steal the neighbor's spouse. You're not. You're not gonna covet their. Well, they've got a nicer car than I do, and I just want their. No, proud. I'm happy for you. I'm excited for you. Now, when you first start to learn to walk in this stuff, is it easy? No. No. No, not at all. I remember when we were still driving the face mobile, and it seemed like everybody around us was getting new cars. It was so easy in the flesh to get puffy. And get envious. And to get envious. It was so easy. In fact, I felt the emotions of envy rise up. But I heard in my spirit... Love doesn't covet. And I grumbled, Jesus, why you got to talk to me like that? But I, but I got a hold of myself real quick. I got a hold of myself real quick. Five, ten seconds, I had a hold of myself. And I purposely went out to the new car. And I said, man, this is really nice. I'm so excited for you. I'm so happy for you. In the moment, my flesh was freaking out. You don't, in the moment my flesh is going, you don't believe that. You just lied out of your mouth. No, my spirit's happy for them. I didn't say how you felt feelings, but my spirit is happy for them. My spirit's excited for them. My spirit's thrilled for them. My feelings are like off the scale at the moment, but my spirit is happy for them. So no, Satan, I'm not lying. I'm telling the truth. 
And I did that, oh, I don't know, four, five, six times. And each time it got a little easier. And then I got the new car, at least new to me. And then everybody was excited for me. And I was like, wow, that's nice. Everybody was excited for me. It was really nice not to have anybody jealous and envious. Because you can always tell. You can always tell when people, you know, you get the brand new car. I remember, I remember when I was living outside of the church, wasn't in the church at all, and I had a real good friend that was about six years younger than me, uh, so she was like 18, 19. She was a spoiled, rotten, punky teenager. I'm not lying. She was a spoiled, rotten, punky teenager. Her dad made good money, and if she wanted it, I mean, all she had to do was, was vocalize a thought, and she'd get it. And the reason she was so spoiled was because her mother had breast cancer, and her mother wanted to make sure that she didn't go without. So if the daughter said, I want it, Mama looked at Daddy and said, go get it. That's why she was so spoiled. Um, and, and it was a problem later in her life, but she got over it, thank God. Um, it, but in either case, I remember the day she came rolling into work. Here I am. My, we're working hard. Michael's working hard. I mean, we're working hard. And here she comes rolling into work in a brand new I'm talking brand new, talking less than 10 miles on the odometer, brand new, convertible Mustang with all the accessories. 5.0. Yeah. She's I, like, go check out that. my new ride. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I remember probably saying something along the lines, like my husband would say, must be nice. How much, you know, I deflated her enthusiasm with my covetiness and enviousness. Yep. Deflated her. She let me drive it once. I got to drive it more than that, but <laughs> Yeah. Well well I drove I, I was got I was gonna say I got to drive it once and I got a speeding ticket. He did. He did. <laughs> but it didn't take five minutes. <laughs> but the point is the point is your envious your envying can can cause somebody else to to be deflated. But when you walk in the love of God, I can go out now. When somebody gets a nice new car, gets a nice, I'm excited for them. Hey, that's a nice car. I'm excited for you. Tell me, tell me all about it. What about this feature? I'm excited for them. Why? Because of the love of God in me. My first thought is not, well, must be nice. My first thought is, well, Jesus, you blessed them. Thank you, Jesus. Highly favored, excited. Glory to God. You know, how much do you know? When you're outside of the body of Christ, killing somebody's an, an actual option. That's why so many murders happen. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is. I have no Christ on the inside of me to tell me that's a bad idea. But how much do you know? When somebody rakes your living last nerve and treats you bad and you just want to... Thank God when I was doing youth ministry, I had the Holy Ghost because I wanted to pop their heads like balloons at least once a week. Thank God. Yeah, unzip their zipper and pull the stupid out of them. There was even a few times I even said, come here, come here, come here, come here. They look at me, what? I said, turn around. They said, what? And I started booting back here. They said, what are you doing? I said, I'm looking for your zipper so I can pull out the stupid. I was not fully sanctified yet. Wasn't fully sanctified yet. I still want to from time to time, but it's okay. Just being but honest. How, how many know that that if you, if you're if you're walking in love, you're going to fulfill all the laws, you're gonna all do the, the laws. Ten Commandments. That's right. I mean, think about it. God loves us, right? That's right. Does He lie to us? No. No. 
Should we lie to people if we love them? No. 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 Look at verse 10. It says, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling of the law. If you'll just walk in love. So, Pastor, how do you get this from down on the inside to the outside? You meditate on it day and night. You confess it day and night. Meditating does require thinking, but thinking isn't enough. Meditating means to mutter, to speak, to say over and over and over and over and over and over. I walk in love. I walk in love. I walk in love. The love of God flows out of me. I walk in love. I walk in love. I walk in love. I'm going to walk in love in this situation. When I have face a situation, the first thing I do is I stop and I go, okay, love, help me. Love, help me. Love, love. Why? Because the love is in there. I just have to get it to the surface. And we read 11, 12, 13. We read in here because now it's talking about um, uh, the works of darkness. How much you know the other works of darkness? You're not going to do it if you're walking in the love of God. Nope. You're, the wantingness, that's out of control sexual desire. You're not going to have that problem if you're walking in godly love. And then in verse 14 you're it not. says, says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Here Meaning, you go. take Christ with you when you go out the door. When you get ready to go out for the day and you're going to see the world, you're going to visit the world, you're going to be in the world, take Christ with you. Yes. Don't, don't leave him behind. Don't leave him at church. Take him with you. Put him on. And make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. You know, if we, if we take Christ with us, we're not going to fulfill those lusts of the flesh. When that dude cuts us off, you know, we're going to yeah. go... Okay, Lord, okay. we've got some more to go. I, I, I know that was bad, but obviously he's in a hurry for some reason. Yeah. Hope, and, hope, help him to get where he's going yeah. safely and yeah. not get himself or anyone else no. hurt. Yeah. You know? It says, but put, on, but, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. But put on, but put on, but put on, but put on. I'm not broken. But put on, but put on, but put on. Here's what that means. You have to do something. You have to decide, okay, today I'm going to behave like Jesus. Today I'm going to act like Jesus. So when you run up against these brothers and sisters in the body that are not acting like Christ, the problem is, is they failed to put Jesus on. They failed to put Jesus on. So when you find yourself acting unruly, you go, hold on, I forgot to put my Jesus on. Okay, Jesus, I'm sorry. Jesus, help me to act like you, look like you, think like you, talk like you, behave like you, love like you. Help me, Jesus. And then you go to that person and you say, I'm sorry. I lost my witness. I'm a Christian. I shouldn't have behaved like that. What are you doing? You're putting your flesh down. Forgive me for the way I behave. No, no, it's fine. No, I'm a Christian. I lost my witness. I should not behave like that. You've got to put your flesh under. Yeah, because see, many people you say, I can't to. control my flesh. Do it a couple of times. Your flesh will suddenly stop bucking so hard. Yeah. You can't control <laughs> your flesh because you choose not to. Right. Catherine Kuhlman said this. She said, I mean, she's a mighty, mighty woman of God. Used mightily by God. Uh, but she said this. She said she tells her flesh at least a thousand times a day the answer is no. 
No, you're not going to think that way. No, you're not going to talk that way. No, you're not going to drink that. No, you're not going to go there. No, you're not going to behave that way. No, you're not going to go to sleep. We're going to sit up and read the word. No, we're not going to do that. No, we're not going to. What is she doing? She's mastering taking authority over her flesh. See, in the, in the example of, of getting cut off by, by that guy, right? About half the time, my first thought is, well, he must be on, on his way to the casino to give all his money to Satan. And then the Lord goes, is that how you're supposed to be thinking about him? No. No. All right. Maybe he's on the way to the hospital to visit his sick mother who's dying, and he's afraid he's not going to make it in time. So we don't always... Maybe he's, he's late to pick up his kid, and, and, and he's... You know, I'm traumatized. You know, <clears throat> who knows? I don't know. But 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 the point is, Lord, help him to get there safely. Yeah. Help him help him to not harm himself or others, and help yep. him not to cut off anybody else and ruin their day. Yeah. Yep. So the law of love is this simple. The law of love is God's written His law in your heart, in your spirits. You belong to Christ. You believe in Christ. So that law is written in you. You just have to choose to let to walk in it and operate by it. Which means you have to tell the flesh, no. You have to tell the flesh, no. But it's in you. In the beginning, I'm not going to lie, when you first start walking in love, it's not easy and you're going to fail a lot. You are. But the moment you realize you failed, repent, get up, and go at it again. And it, and it, until it becomes a lifestyle. And give your flesh the consequences. Yes. Such as Robbie yes. saying, apologize to that person. Yes. It doesn't matter whether they care or not. You apologize because you're not supposed to act that way. God doesn't want you to act that way. God doesn't want me to act that way, so I'm sorry I did it. Yep. Whether it bothered you or not, I'm still sorry I did it. Yep. Yep. And, and that helps your witness. That helps the world to know. Honestly, it's how every Christian should behave. I, I lost it. I missed it. It speaks volumes to your life. It speaks volumes about the kingdom of God. You know? Um, it speaks, but above all, the biggest reason for that is it puts your flesh under. Yep. The flesh does you, you not your, like to be corrected. You put your flesh under a few times and it'll start getting in line. Yeah. The, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, by experience, your flesh would rather obey the spirit. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a little secret. I learned. Your flesh would rather obey the spirit than have to apologize for doing its own thing. Yep. It would. So the more you make your spirit, the more you make your flesh apologize for being ungodly, the faster it'll get in line with the things of God. Yep. The faster it'll get in line with the things of God. And Glory it's amazing. to God. You get to where you can head it off at the pass and go, uh uh, we ain't doing that yeah. flesh. It's like Catherine Coleman said. She has to tell her flesh no a thousand times a day. No, we're not doing that. I don't want to have to go apologize to that yeah. guy. I don't, I'm not doing that. I'm not going over there. No, I don't want to I don't want to have to deal with that. Glory to God. Well, tithes and offerings. Yes. Preached oh, myself time? happy. Okay. Preached myself excited. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We got healing school tonight at 6. Service at 7. Wednesday night, we've got two, I think just two more weeks of, of foundations. And then we'll be back to regular Wednesday night services. We might push it to three. We'll see how it goes over the next two weeks. But I think we've only got two more weeks of foundations class. Um, and... Uh, 
and uh, we'll be talking about how we'll be we'll start on how to study your Bible this week. Um, different study tools, different study techniques, and things like that. You want to bless our tithes and our offerings? Sure. Glory to God. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for being here with us today. We thank you for leading us and guiding us. Lord, we will pick your word up and we will apply it to our day. We will apply it to our lives. We will meditate on it. We will think about it throughout the week. And Lord, we just we just thank you for this message. And we thank you for, for um, showing us that love is important and that love will lead us to all things. And, and love will... Forgive, and that we should forgive each other. And Lord, we just we want to see your work done on earth as it is in heaven. And therefore, we we give into your kingdom. We're so grateful for what you've done for us, for all that you've done for us, and, and even when we weren't worthy, that we just want to pay a little bit back. So we give unto your kingdom, so that your work can be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, we just ask that you bless this offering, that you bless our tithes that you, you bless it so that it goes more than we could ever ask, hope, or think towards the furthering of your kingdom, towards the mighty work of your hand. Oh, Thank you, Father. Lord, and we just ask that you bless us for, for, for doing this and so that we can be a bigger blessing. Lord, we, we, don't want, we don't want money just for ourselves. We want money because it helps us to do the things yes. that you would have us to do. Your hand, Lord, your hand. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And Thank Satan, you, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. We are forearmed and forewarned, and we will stand against you in all things. You must flee Jesus and name. flee quickly in Jesus' in name. Jesus name. Thank you, Father. Ministering angels, go out. Cause the finances to come, the increase to come. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Y'all may serve the people. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. <laughs>